and welcome to another epic theme podcast here at Life of Die. I'm Gordon, your regular host, and once again I'm joined by my good friend and fellow epic fanatic, Craig. Hello, how you doing? Not bad, how are you? I'm oh, good, thanks. Good, thanks. Good. And tonight you're joining me for the start of a, a series, I suppose, of us sharing our favourite army lists, and thought probably the best place to start would be where most of us probably, I'd imagine, over the years, everybody that was playing back in the day probably started out with the Space Marines, so I thought that would be the, the natural place for us to begin, and also because they're the easiest. <laughs> yeah, it's the name of the game after all, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right enough, aye. So we're going to be um, listing our personal choices for 2K, 3K, 4K and 5K armies, and I think, Craig, I'll let you start. First of all, you're 2000. If you happen to be watching this on YouTube, there will be some images coming up showing the army cards and yeah that's not normal in our podcast usually we don't have any kind of visual aids but we are going to put them in there so if you happen to be listening to this somewhere else you might want to have a wee quick look through the, the youtube video as well because we will have all those army cards set out so anyway sorry after you craig <laughs> let you do your 2000 yeah sure thing so yeah 2000 points in a game of space marine second edition is not not a big battle by any means it's the kind of one you can probably play through in a a couple of hours and it it limits you slightly to your choices so i I would guess like maybe a typical company card which is the kind of backbone of your of your uh, forces they kind of tend to run between what 500 and a thousand points normally so you can tell you're probably going to be quite limited in what you can bring in the space marines themselves are obviously quite a, an elite force so they command quite high points value they don't, they don't really have that kind of throwaway unit company that you might find with the imperial guard or or orcs so yeah you're, you're kind of limited right from the get-go with the marines um, and especially at 2000 points you're you're going to really struggle to put too many models on the table but for that reason i think i think the kind of backbone that i would always go for in a in a kind of standard marine list i would always take a land raider company so for 600 points you get 10 land raiders you know, three uh, three detachments of three plus the hq choice um for 600 points and it gives you massive firepower good maneuverability transport capacity and you know a great armor save as well so yeah that's that's a kind of no-brainer for me at all i would always take a land raider company and, and more or less all my marine armies and you'll probably see that as we go through the points values the backbone of this list more or less stays the same with a few additions and a few swap outs at the different point values um the next company i would take is a scout company the reason being they are the cheapest company you can buy for the space marines and it gives you the same layout effectively as, as the other, as, as most companies are. It's three detachments and an HQ uh, HQ unit. So you're getting 18 stands of scouts. And the scouts in Space Marine 2nd Edition are effectively slightly worse tactical marines, potentially. They've got, um, and in fact, they've got, the, they've, got the, they've got the same stats as the tactical marines entirely. So they're actually, the only thing you're missing with the scout company versus the tactical company is the, the rhinos to take them in. Um, but I'll come to... How that's fixed in a in a little minute. So yeah, for 450 points, you're getting the same number of marines um, with the same stats as tactical marines, just without the rhinos. So it's it's a good way of getting another company, and and, and where possible, you want to take company cards for the for the higher break value, higher morale, and that kind of thing. So it's, it's definitely the way to go, especially if you're constrained with points. So to go with those scouts, I would take Thunderhawks. Thunderhawks allow them to get anywhere on the board. You can do some really good kind of sneak attacks behind enemy lines and, and drop folk off. And it's like I say, it's just one of those iconic things to see as Marines pouring out a Thunderhawk somewhere on the board. That's part of their whole mandate is to be 
you know, strike from anywhere and, and be really fast. And I think, you know, if I, if I was doing this really thematically at a 2000 point list, it, it would be a kind of scouting force, I guess. It'd be like a vanguard you'd maybe, you'd see. So it'd be it'd be heavily into scouts and bikes and, and recon vehicles ahead of the main force maybe coming back. But that was only if I, if I was playing sort of to a narrative and not trying to <laughs> trying to win um, because it probably wouldn't be the best tactics. You want a little bit of balance. Even, even at 2000 points, you still want some some balance of units in there. So that, that would come on to my support choices then. I would take a Terminator detachment. They're quite expensive, mm-hmm. but you get four stands of Terminators and two Land Raiders, and obviously Terminators are really incredible close in. They've got their, they've got a fixed uh, save as well, six plus, so you know they, they will survive a lot better than your than most infantry units in the game. And again, Land Raiders are just great all round round vehicles, and you can get them on board quite quickly. So yeah, again, I'd push them forward as a as an assault force to take an objective further into the further into the table somewhere. Again, something hard hitting I normally like to take is Vindicators. So, you know, they're the big thunder cannon at the front built in a rhino chassis, but they've got a lot much better save. I think it's a two plus save to get. Yep. And, you know, they're kind of similar to similar to the Land Raider in terms of firepower, but they ignore cover and yeah, they're just they're, they're pretty cheap as well, at 150 points. So I think they're of all the kind of marine vehicles that aren't a Land Raider, they're they're probably my, my second go to. Yeah. I like them as well, but the minus three as well, the minus three to save modifier, that, that's quite handy for cracking open Titans. Sometimes I've had that. Totally. Yeah. If you can if you can get them up and protect them look, to get into range, they're, they're pretty devastating. Yeah, well, it's the range thing is they can a big drawback for them, isn't it? The mm-hmm. 50 range does make it tricky, so you've got to be really careful with your deployment that you put them somewhere where you think they're going to be effective, because if, if they can't get into range, then they're... <laughs> I've had that yeah, they're definitely... Shrewd enough for the, the ranges. <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're good in working kind of built-up areas, and especially, I think I think they ignore cover as well, am I right in saying that? They do. Yeah, so they're, they're really good at digging out buildings, yeah, so I would always take them, because again, we're making these lists up based on not knowing what we're fighting or where we're fighting, I think that's the kind of premise for this, so we're not, we're not, we're not tailoring these lists for or fighting a specific force or yeah, that's true. Certain, certain scenarios. So, uh, you know, I think it's good to have something that you can dig dig out of cover. Another one would you'd maybe take a bit like artillery for that sort of thing if you're fighting mass formations of orcs or in pure regard. But I don't tend to find, I mean, it's the, it's the whirlwind that the Marines take. I just don't tend to find it to be great value for money. I'd rather take, for the same price, I'd rather take Vindicators. A bit more versatile. Yeah, I'd be the same. The one thing I would say about the, the whirlwind is that you and I have been playing the epic, the epic for quite a while, mm. and then the uh, World One was a lot more effective and you know, basic second edition because you always had that thing where any barrage unit, if you targeted a building with it, it could force a save. Sure. And okay, it had a zero modifier, so if most buildings I think uh, were, were a six plus save and two d six, so you still had a pretty much a a fifty fifty chance, or maybe slightly less. Oh yeah, it's worth a punt. Yeah, absolutely. So. They were a lot more effective then, but as soon as Net Epic effectively nixed the old barrages can destroy buildings, that made it less of a, a unit that I would yeah. gravitate towards. Which is a shame because I always like to, I quite like the design of them. No, exactly. Again, I think they're another, they're another iconic one, and I do like, to, especially at a two thousand point game, I'd like to have a little bit of everything. I'd, I would like to include an artillery unit in every force if possible, but I've just not. I just had to make the cut somewhere. <laughs> And it, it kind of brings me on to the next unit that I've got is the Space Marine Bike Squad. Now, standard Space Marine bikes aren't great, but they are fast, got a decent close assault factor. So yeah, I would include them again for the same points value, 150 points. I'd probably take them over something like Whirlwinds just because the versatility of them and the speed of them to be able to get them into objectives 
um, and hold objectives from close assault is is probably more valuable. I think. Yeah, and you can you can be pretty sure that most players will bring their own cavalry, so you you kind of need that to cancel them out, as it were. You know. Yeah, I mean that's that tends to be the way most games go, doesn't it? Everyone charges their bikes up and they meet in the middle somewhere for a for a army. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think there are definitely an auto includes for me. Um, I, I think if I had more points, I would probably um fifty point fifty more points for land speeders. Um, which is the next unit I'll come on to, is a no-brainer. I mean, land, land speeders are better in every way than the bikes. In my opinion, they're probably one of the best units the Marines have got. So, yeah, I've, I've got a squad of land speeders in there, and ideally I'd take two. I think in my next you know, next point value list, you'll see that I take more land speeders just because I, I do find them so versatile. You know, they've got very short-range melt-a-guns, but they can, you know, take out armor, they can get behind armor and take advantage of the you know the rear and side armor shots and they're also great in close combat and if someone jumps them they can they can get away because they're skimmers so they can't be pinned they can make pop-up attacks yeah they're, they're just all-round fantastic vehicles and again they fit the narrative of this kind of recon scouting force and they kind of play into that whole marine mentality of attacking fast and being able to cover the board pretty quickly so yeah they're they're my next and last support unit that i'll be including for 2000 points and then with my 50 points left over I've decided to take a special card. Now, I've taken the chaplain because he's 50 points and it can really help give those scouts the, the edge. So it'll bump their calf up and um, their close assault factor up by one, which, you know, suddenly makes them a bit more, I mean, gives them the same close assault factor as if they were assault marines and really makes them a bit more viable in close combat. So yeah, take a chaplain. It's not something I would do in every list, but I feel with the scouts. And again, I think it also helps with the with the kind of narrative of the of the chaplain, the kind of senior figure leading these these scouts into battle, so that that's why I went with that. What what I would say as well, just to caveat all of this, this is all for a kind of standard chapter, or you know, not, not one of the the named chapter Marine Forces, as you might see in the photos coming up that I've painted all my guys as, as Blood Angels, and there are special rules that you can take if you if you opt to go with the Blood Angels, you can the the rule is that you give up or you, you roll a dice to see if you give up. Um, a unit from each detachment of infantry you've got and they become they form a death company who are like blood crazed um kind of suicide fighters effectively and they will they've got a higher close assault factor but they have to be on charge all the time so it would it would make list building a little bit different for me if you if you know you're going to have that dedicated close assault force i would maybe include more or less infantry units to to maximize or to minimize that death company but yeah so just 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 a little caveat there that i'll, I'll be basing all of this on a you know, standard Codex Marine Force rather than the Blood Angels themselves. And that's my 2,000 points. What have you got? <laughs> well, unlike you, um, as you probably expect anyway, because I always use them, I'm going with the Dark Angels. The reason that I've uh, taken the, the Dark Angels, because it was Blood Angels was the first force I've ever po- uh, painted, in inverted commas. <laughs> it was pretty bad, the, the Blood Angels. But anyway, the reason that I always liked the, the Dark Angels from the original first, Edition Space Marine and the, the box art, they kind of it's a bit of a rip off of it looked a bit like uh, Scarface, uh, Al Pacino. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I always liked it. I always liked the black armor. I always thought it was, you know, a kind of nice, strong <laughs> presence to have on the board. But it was really when Second Edition came out that I decided to make the switch, and it was pretty much down to one company. <laughs> that was that was Ravenwing, which, as you just mentioned there about the about how you rate the uh, land speeders and the bikes as well to a lesser degree. 
yeah, the, the Raven Wing was like an immediate. That's something I just want in every army because it was, I think it was 400 points from memory. Hmm. And basically, that's the cost of two land speeder squadrons. So, the way I always looked at it was, well, you're getting a, an HQ unit with Rhino and you're getting a squad of bikes for free. So, it was always a bit of a no brainer. But I, I did always want more land speeders as well because the other thing was at the time of second edition that first came out, we were always playing because it was the kind of most realized forces we had. It was always Marines versus Eldar. And Again, this is something that's changed with NetEpic, but the Eldar Windrider host had 35 bikes in it. And it was like, you knew when you were playing against Eldar, you were going to be facing the Eldar, the Windrider host. So to me, you had to have, you had to get some bikes into your Marine Force because you were just going to get absolutely hammered. And frankly, they always ended up outnumbered anyway because it was very hard to to get 35 bikes in for the kind of relative cost that the, the Eldar were getting it. So anyway, Ravenwing, that's a reason <laughs> that in itself dictated which army yeah. I, I wanted. Absolutely, no, I get, I get that, yeah. And uh, yeah, if, if I was ever fielding these in a game of, if I was ever fielding my Blood Angels in a game of Net Epic, or a game of Space Marine Second Edition, I might just field them as uh, Red Dark Angels just to take that um, <laughs> take that Ravenwing card because it, it is incredible for the, for the points value. Yeah, exactly. I think the only kind of could be seen as a drawback of it is that for support options you're kind of limited to taking bikes and speeders i think but at that point why wouldn't you so yeah exactly the other thing i was going to say about the dark angels was that you'll see if i put any pictures of my horrible armies up which are pretty much from back in the day which is why they, they look so poor compared to one or two of my other forces i'm a bit prouder of my orcs and my, my chaos forces but um that you'll see that they're all black which is clearly not canon these days it's, it as a hangover and it was the Dark Angels at that stage when 2nd edition was released were still in black armour so that's the reason why they are that colour in case MD's wondering why they're not green No no it's very cool it's very in at the moment going the Horus Heresy colours yeah, you'll, you'll find, a, find a lot of people jealous of that I think <laughs> So the other thing I should say as well before about all my army lists there's a kind of glaring omission that's in every one of them and that is I don't have any tactical marines anyone that knows me or that knows anything about my epic history probably knows already that I don't like tactical troops and the reason I don't like them is because assault troops and devastator marines are better at the jobs that the tacticals that I need them for basically the assault troops obviously are better in close combat and the devastators you know they get two attack dice with a minus one to save modifier, 75 range, tacticals are only 50. So it's just a no-brainer to me, like, why would you take tactical Marines? What's the point? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the whole thing with Marines, when you're taking them, you're going for specialisms, and each one of them does a specific thing, but the tactical Marines don't do a specific thing. And you could argue that, you know, they're a jack of all trades, but they're not really because... They're lackluster at, at both ends. Yeah, they, ex- yeah exactly. They're, they're, they're master none, so it's, it's kind of pointless. And I, I get that. And I think... It's something that has been addressed in you know, things like uh, Epic 40k. They've got special rules to allow them to rapid fire their bolters versus the Devastators, which can't. They're like slow firing. So there's definitely buffs in, in future editions to make tactical marines more viable because you know they should be. They're the, they're the poster boys. You'd expect them to be included in every army, but you're you're right. They just they they're just yeah they just don't feature. <laughs> yeah, so it's a shame. So I suppose in some ways my armies in general terms maybe aren't that typical because it was you were talking about things that were flavorful like the, the thunderhawks I, I don't have thunderhawks armies um which is you know maybe not a great thing but yeah i'm not always fully on with the themes genuinely these are the kind of army lists that i would use if i was playing marines so they're not set up to be what i think is 
acts the best. But I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm not suggesting this is the. I'm sure there's other people out there who'll find better lists. But this is this is what I, I tend to bring. So the Raven Wing is the centerpiece of every single one of my Space Marine armies because it's just, as you said, they're so adaptable and the, the land speeders in particular getting in behind enemy units, making use of that, you know, those, the side shots and rear shots. And you've already got a minus two from memory on it. The only downside is it's fairly limited. I think it was only 25 range from memory, the, the land speeders. Yeah, so that's right. But they've got the movement to, to get you into position. And the other thing that they're great for is going in and stealing objectives. As you know, I like, I like to do that. With these <laughs> <laughs> um that's the first thing that's on it. I agree, I agree with you, by the way, what you're saying about companies, that you want as many companies in and for the points as possible. I'm not a great believer in filling things up with lots of support cards. I do use them, obviously, <laughs> but in general terms, I would try and get as many companies in as I possibly could. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think companies obviously offer you that little bit of, you know, you're not giving up points to the to your enemies so easily. Yep. If you can keep them alive and they don't break, then, you know, you're, you're, you're holding your points for them. But also generally, they come with either a discount over buying the equivalent in support units, or they've got an HQ unit that comes with them that can act independently and take objectives and have various other buffs. So yeah, if there's an option to take a company, then absolutely go for it. Yeah. And I totally agree with you about the land raiders being a kind of centerpiece as well. They're, they're usually my second choice, and they are again in this one for 2,000 points. Again, like you said, they get, they're, just, they're just quite hardy. You've know, got a 2 plus save, which makes them difficult to destroy unless you're facing Titans or you know equivalent vehicles like Elder Grav tanks or something like that. But yeah, they can usually take stand up to a bit of a beating. They also have great range and their two shots at minus two is great as well. It's handy for dealing with Titans. To be honest, if, if I had the choice of having a whole company of Land Raiders against a, a Warlord Titan, I would take the company of Land Raiders every time. Yeah, I, I think I would do the same. Yeah, yeah, I think the survivability of them is probably better, and it's the versatility. You've got three detachments, so you can go for three different objectives or, or do whatever, whereas, you know, you're kind of limited. And then, again, for the points, you're talking 300 points less to take a, a company of Land Raiders as well, so it's... Exactly, yeah. I think the Land Raiders are great. Um, so those are the two companies that I've bought, and I've taken two assault detachments simply because I feel you need some infantry there, so I'm trying to get a bit of a mix. So I've got the the tanks covered with the land raiders. I've got the cavalry covered with the raven wing and the two assault detachments. They're really handy. Close assault factors is plus three, which is pretty decent against most things. I would say that they're slightly weak against the, the likes of um, striking scorpions and howling banshees for the elder. But the extra two stands sometimes can balance out to a degree. <laughs> I would still always rather have the uh, striking scorpions. They've always been a favourite of mine. But sorry, I'm just I'm just spoiling things for future episodes. <laughs> So yeah, that's the two company, and that's sorry, that's the two support cards I've taken, and so that's a thousand five hundred, four hundred for Ravenwing, six hundred for Land Raiders, five hundred for the two assault detachments, and the Warhounds are the last thing I've taken as a special card. I just really like Warhounds in general. I think they're the best. I know they're not the flashiest, but they're definitely the best of the Titans for me. The thing that makes them really good is the fact that the okay, they've got two void shields, which which means you can soak up some incoming fire but it won't really do too much against you know a, a company of land raiders like what we're talking about but where the warhound excels for me is the fact that their uh, location template is really really small and so there's loads of times it's a, they're actually really frustrating to play against <laughs> so that's yeah. why i like to take them because i know <laughs> i know how it, <laughs> it upsets me facing these yep. damn things because when you 
you land, you finally land hits. It was, I suppose, what Peter Ramos was talking about in the ID one. They were saying that it's, it's actually quite hard to hit units mm-hmm. in the second edition. Basically, thirty-three percent of the time you'll you'll hit. So it's really frustrating as a player when you've you finally land hits and then you've knocked off the void shields and then you've got your old the scatter dice for the on the location chart. So you usually invariably would go for the head. Yep. And um, number of times where it just all it needs is an, an up result and it's or a or a down with a, a direction and it misses. That's that's pretty much what happens. And I've seen warhounds standing a lot longer than the Titans. But another reason as well is that the, the Warhounds don't have the reactor mm. in the front location, which is something that drove me. <laughs> like we, we've, we've been house rolling it to the, the point you didn't even realise you were. <laughs> it's news to no, you. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But um, we had actually decided we're not having reactors on the front for the war for the warlords because it made it basically meant you were always targeting. Aim for the boss is one of my one of my pals. You still always say. That's right. Yeah. And. Uh, you used to always do that, and um, quite a lot of the time, it would it, you would you would get lucky, and, and I think it was a four plus blew the hole. Yeah, it's a four plus save, so it's yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's harder to it's easier to blow the reactor up than it is a head. Because mm-hmm. maybe not, maybe that is five five six as well. But it was kind of nice when you saw it in the the, the uh, white dwarf articles where it had the kind of nice big reactor meltdown. <laughs> That's right. But in actual fact, it, it meant that I was never taking warlords because it just to me. They were too, they were too brittle, and there was also that that added thing when the, the reactor went down. Was it three d six centimeters, and if, and that gets takes a hit, and then so you were. I was always like having my forces like miles away from warlords. It was just expected that they were going to have a meltdown at some point. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why we house ruled it, and I think it's better for it to be honest. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. I think you're right about I think you're right about the warhounds as well. I mean. They're just a lot more versatile for the same price as a Reaver Titan. You're getting an extra weapon, you know, on top of that. The Reaver Titan getting three and you're getting two sets of two in the Warhounds. Mm. But it also means you can do kind of tactics with them. You can either split them up, have them going for separate objectives, and effectively you've got, you know, two Titans to for your opponent to decide which way to go mm. to counter them. Or you can keep them in a kind of a, a bit of a pack. And if one takes some hits, you can peel it back for the next turn to repair the voice shields and stay out of trouble and bring the other one up. Whereas you're a bit more limited if you've just got a single Reaver, you're kind of putting all your eggs in one basket, I guess. Yeah, I, I would say in the, the Reaver's favour, you, you get a lot better weaponry in the, the Reaver. You can take a Quake Cannon on the, the Reaver yeah, and Volcano Cannon. True. So the Warhounds are a bit restricted that way, but the, the Turbo Laser Destructors are really good. Two dice. Three plus to hit, minus two save modifier. So it's kind of similar to the the Land Raiders weapons, except a lot more accurate. Mm-hmm. So I really like just sticking turbo laser destructors on them alone. Although quite often I will put a, an inferno gun on it. Now the reason I put an inferno gun is partly to do with the epic. That's to do with the cost, and it's because it costed the weapons. Whereas in second edition, the weapons weren't costed. You just picked whatever it costs you five hundred for the Titan. You can put what you like on it within the restrictions for the given Titan. So as, I think I would just put turbo laser destructors on them, but the infernal gun is quite handy sometimes. It, it's great for dealing with uh, infantry that are kind of camping in woods, protecting an objective. I love it for that, just yeah. spewing the liquid flame through the thing as <laughs> trying to take them. Yeah. Never really works as well as I want it to, but uh, <laughs> it's no, I mean that's something that's it. something that's been discussed. As it is frustrating how hard it is to actually hit things in the, in epic a lot of the time, well, especially second edition. It's it's difficult. But yeah, I think you're right. I think turbo laser destructors are the, the way to go. I don't think you ever feel you never feel bad for taking them. You never feel like you've made the wrong choice. Mm. When I was thinking about this, when we were putting these articles together, I was actually thinking 
I should actually buy more Warhound Titans because I've only got two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm the same. Well, you actually, you actually do have another two because I gave you a couple of a uh, couple of Forger old ones a while back. <laughs> if you dig them out, <laughs> don't, don't know where they are. Oh man, um, they're, they're but... the, the, the the box of shame. Uh, oh goodness right, me! I'm going yeah, to right, I'm gonna have to dig them out because that's something I'm I'm actually going to repaint mine because um, I made an arse of them. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's something I would I want to buy more of and. and as you a bit of a spoiler for the later list, I, I take a Reaver in one of my lists, and it's not necessarily because I wanted to take a Reaver over the Warhounds. It's just because I've my Reaver's better painted for the photos, <laughs> so it's a pure vanity thing. So the two Warhounds I've got were one of the first things I, I repainted when I got back into the hobby, and um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not the proudest of them. So, but you're 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 right. I need to. I also need to up my Warhound count a little bit because <laughs> they are just so so versatile. I think in a five thousand point game, two lots would be really good. It'd cause a lot. Of- yeah, headaches for the opposition. Yeah, definitely. So that concludes my two thousand point list. So we'll hand over to you for your three thousand points. Yeah, a three thousand point list is going to be incredibly quick. I think we'll probably rattle through these quite quickly now because we're likely to kind of hold the same backbone for most of them. So yeah, spoiler going... alert. I think we're really doing the same kind of thing. We are. What we're doing is we've got a base. And we're pretty much building upon it and just adding extra things onto it. Yeah, I think I think so. It tends to be the way it goes. Like I say, if it would be different if we knew what we were up against and we knew what the points value was, we knew what the kind of train was going to be. You might tailor it, you know, specifically for that kind of thing. You might take more infantry rather than than tanks. But for the most part, if I was just going in blind, these were the these were the lists I take. And if I'm being honest, I didn't spend too much time thinking about them because, as you might know, or you probably don't know, but anytime we've arranged a game in the past and we've set a points value, we've set a date, and then we've maybe you know, let the date slip or whatever, I'll then go back and I'll spend the next waking hours fiddling with that list and, and pulling <laughs> no, things, out, putting things out. I, I do, it with all, do it with all games. If I, get, if I get too long to think about it, I'll sit and tweak it for until the day I'm packing the bags to go. So as a bit of an exercise to myself, I thought I'll try and build these lists, throw down the cards, see what jumps out, and then and work it out rather than overthinking it too much. Now, obviously, I wanted to keep a bit of balance in there, and there's reasons for everything. It's not totally random, but it, it's stuff that now that we're talking about it, I'm starting to think, ah, oh, you know, I wish I'd taken that instead. But <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think I've made any grievous errors. So anyway, that's just another... It's hard to go wrong with Marines, I think. It's hard to, it's hard to go wrong with Marines. Yeah, you're right. They're, they're all pretty good. It's just it's one of those ones that you do end up overanalyzing it i think to a certain extent and you can pull things out and you know may or may not be the right decision i don't think it matters at the end of the day a lot of time it's not down to the units you take but it's more to do with your deployment or where the objectives are that kind of thing um or just rubbish dice but anyway what i would take in addition to my 2000 point list i took earlier or described earlier is a devastator company it's very easy a thousand points brings up to brings up to um three thousand points and it's a full company of 18 stands of devastator marines which as we talked about before they've got two dice each 75 centimeter range minus one modifier so you know stripping shields off the titans potentially doing damage to titans taking out armor more or less everything you know benefits from a from a minus one save modifier from them so yeah they're a really you know great company to take they are expensive i think they're probably the most expensive unit the marines can take yeah i love them as well i mean when you face a devastator company, thirty-six attack dice coming at you—it's really <laughs> intimidating. It's really—it's it's really worrying if you're if you manage to have them concentrated and your forces almost kind of walking into them. 
you should be <laughs> you should be re- <laughs> redeploying your forces behind anywhere away from that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's great for like you said, the stripping shields and um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. also the range of seventy five range. And, and I mean, you can bring down titans with them. It's, it's mm-hmm. it doesn't happen too often because of the the minus one's not usually enough. But it, you can get lucky sometimes. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's always worth a go. Yeah, I love them as well. That was a, that was a, that was a quick that was a quick three thousand point list. Um, <laughs> very very simple. Okay. What about you? I'll be slightly longer, but not too much longer. So again, I've taken Ravenwing, the Warhound Titans, and I've taken the, the Land Raider Company. This time, I've decided to bring the Assault Company. Again, it's because I had the Land Raider Company, I felt I didn't want the Devastators in this particular one. So I felt the Assault Company would be better because, again, you can get them up the board very quickly. You can get them into woods, which is what I like to do with my my close assault troops in general is either, well, sometimes it'll be defending ones that are on my own side of the board. I try not to have ones that are too close to the back. I'd rather have them in a point, a place where they could, if nothing was happening, they could actually launch an attack into the opposite side of the board. But yeah, I quite often like to try and identify at least one set of woods, terrain permitting, to basically attack in the opponent's section of the board. I mean, I think it's fair to say when we play this, our objectives tend to be either on buildings or in woods or in hills, really, which is kind of the way that they did it in White Dwarf from memory. They always had that on a kind of terrain feature, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, you can totally gain the objective placement, I guess, by putting it in the middle of, you know, in the middle of nowhere. But narratively speaking, it makes sense to keep them in the woods or to keep them, you know, something that's tactically an objective. Yeah. It makes sense. But yeah, it's, it's not always the best. It's not always going to help you win the game, but it's just the way we like to do it, I guess. Yeah. So the assault company, I, I find pretty good for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's also quite good. Sometimes you can catch the enemy out moving their tanks, and if your assault company yeah. is able to get in there quickly, then you can sometimes. They've always been the kind of default infantry for me. So I've only very recently painted up a scout company, and prior to that, I hadn't used them at all. And I think in most scenarios, I was taking an assault company in the place of what I'm now using the scouts for and I was often sacrificing their rhinos to put them in Thunderhawks because I don't know if it's net epic or if it's if it's in Space Marine 2nd Edition the rules for that but you don't need to land the Thunderhawk to disembark the assault troops so you can do that kind of cool drive-by thing with the Thunderhawk and then have the, the assault marines spewing out the back of it with their jump packs and then charging into things which is fantastic from a kind of like visual point of view but also it's it's really effective mm-hmm. um so yeah i was i was always using assault marines in that capacity so yeah i think i think they're definitely one of my favorite infantry units i think i'm gonna to have to think again about the thunder <laughs> you know i think the reason is because i've only got one paint ah uh, fair enough fair enough that's the reason why I, I don't really think to bring them yeah so yeah on top of that i've bought a bike squad so i've got two squads of bikes and two squads Land speeders with the Raven Wing mm-hmm. involved as well. There, taking a Vindicator squadron for all the reasons you said. I've taken a Whirlwind squadron because, again, we're, we're talking about second edition, really. There's mm-hmm. all these point, point costings. Net Epic is slightly different. There's, we would have to probably tweak a few options because yeah. I, th- I think uh, I think quite a, a few of these have been increased the points costs from memory. I think the Landry, the company, for example, is 700. Yeah, so, I think so. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so, yeah they, they kind of got wise to some of the cheap things that <laughs> the cheap tricks if you like that <laughs> i'm up to here yep yeah the whirlwinds which as i say because it's second edition they were much more effective and you could get lucky so i always liked the whirlwinds for that reason and always liked them visually but as i said just 
don't can't justify them anymore with Minetta pick that it's the barrages won't bring the buildings down. So and obviously that was a good trick, especially if you've if I happen to be facing your devastator company, that would be a good way for me to keep I think they've got hundred and fifty range. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe that's wrong. Not sure about them. Maybe no, no, that sounds that sounds right. Yep. You could keep them out of the devastators range even and, and just try and take those buildings down that they're in. And I've also brought two characters to it. I brought the chaplain to back up the assault company uh, for the again the same reasons you were saying earlier. Plus one to close assault. If I was lucky enough to see a you know if it was a really large set of woods, I could hit with you know maybe even the entire company to try and overwhelm enemy close assault specialists. Then it would, a chat woman would be amazing right in the midst of that because they'll be getting plus four. And the other the other special character would take would be the medic who would hopefully see them some of them survive when they were supposed to die. Can't quite recall in second edition if you were allowed. I think you were allowed to save characters that die in close combat. That was my recollection of it. And again, that was something that was next way. I think if you die in close combat and it's dead, that's it. The medic can't do anything for it. But I, I'm pretty sure that wasn't the case in second edition. So drop it in the comments if I'm wrong. I'm <laughs> happy to be corrected <laughs> if anybody knows. And so, yeah, that's my entire list. Uh, oh, no, sorry, I missed out the uh, Predators. I brought a Predator squadron. Yep. Predators, again, I just always liked the models. To be honest, they're pretty interchangeable with the Land Raider company. A Predator gets three attack dice. It's got the same range. They kind of downside it as it's only minus one, minus two to the to save modifier. Normally seen a Land Raider. And the save is slightly a three plus rather than two plus save. So the extra dice I always found handy. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, I thought I thought the trade-off between the two was so well balanced that I couldn't really call it, which I think is better. They're both the same cost, and I think they're both rightly the same cost because, mm-hmm. to me, a Predator Squadron is as good as a Land Raider Squadron. So, yeah, that's the other one. So I've, I've got quite a lot of tanks, and you can see I've got Land Raider Company, Vindicator Squadron, Whirlwind Squadron, Predator Squadron. So it's a lot of tanks in this one, and that's why I put the Assault Company in there to try and capture a few objectives. And I've, I've also got those bikes in there titans so that takes us on to the four thousand point list <laughs> yeah so four thousand points you're starting to get into a proper game of epic i guess as, as a lot of people deem it i think some people still deem that a skirmish but they've obviously got too much too much time in their hands probably <laughs> um yeah, i think i think four thousand points are that's, am i right in saying that's our kind of standard point value game i think it is four or, four or five usually yeah I mean, i think we used to play used to be three thousand if we're going to like the kind of club just for yes. you know, time um, constraints but yeah three four thousand and five thousand tends to be the the way to go now it's a um, nice afternoon get... usually four or mm-hmm. five thousand points yeah for me it's uh well not for me a lot of time <laughs> i'm getting <laughs> driven driven 40 miles and then being tabled <laughs> so <laughs> I'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> um but yeah four four thousand points you get to start you know it starts to give you a lot more versatility you can 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 tailor forces a bit more that kind of thing um so i'm now playing a bit of a game of spot the difference so i've swapped a few things out and added a few things so essentially it's the same as the previous list but i've dropped the terminator squad just for points really so i have added in a assault company for the same reasons as as you mentioned earlier now what i've done with the assault company i've given them the special card of drop pods to effectively deep strike them in now it's a bit of a gamble. Again, I, I'm not massively okay with the second edition rules for drop pods. Is it something you do where you 
write them down and drop them off a sheet or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. It was, they had the drop the drop pod counters. I, I had those for years. I don't think I still. I've, I've still got a couple a couple of um, virgin unpunched ones sitting in my in my box um, to show how I've never used them. But yeah, I think I think in the epic it was made more just like the standard kind of deep strike of of scattering using the scatter dice and two d six and that kind of thing to to make it a bit simpler, but. But either way, I think it's a really, it's a bit of a kind of, it's a bit of a Hail Mary. You can bring them on at some point during the game and after, you, after you've seen the kind of lay of the land and find somewhere that they can be really effective. And again, if taking assault company means you can get into close combat with them now. Again, I would actually think for the extra 100 points, I might be a bit, less, a bit more risk averse and put in a battle company instead. So that's a mix of tacticals, a squad of tacticals, squad of assault, and squad of devastators. And it would just give you a bit more versatility when you're dropping them in, because you could be maybe dropping them in to take out you know, a squad of tanks from behind uh, using the devastators, or you could you know, be wanting to do something like that. Whereas if you've got an assault company, the thing about it is once, once they've landed, you come out in advance order, so you can't automatically charge into combat. Yeah. And it leaves them pretty vulnerable for a turn. Um, just rely on bolt pistols so it is a real gamble and i think if i was thinking about it a bit longer i would probably find the points and put them in a, put a battle company in the drop pods just to make them a little bit more versatile um, but i've made my choice and they're loaded and they're they're flying through the orbit as we speak so good good luck to them um wherever they land um i mean the drop, drop pods themselves have got some interesting things so they've got their Deathwind launcher which effectively wherever they land it fires out barrages to clear the area yeah, it's a bit like if you've ever seen the last Starfighter in the eighties film. Mm, yeah. had this thing where he just waited till he got into range and it just fired everything, and uh, that's pretty much what the death wind does from memory. It kind of clears, like it's supposed to clear out all the infantry around it when it lands before everything else hammers in. Yeah, so if if you manage to get your drop pods into the middle of a company of orc boys or something like that, it can really mess the mess their day up. <laughs> And then, like, likewise, you've got uh, is it support pods. It's the one with the, the plasma cannon mm-hmm. top in itself. is a, a pretty devastating weapon. It's fairly nasty. So you get three of those, um, and effectively, you're, it's free. You're giving up the rhinos, but I think the breakpoint of the company remains the same to represent that they're more elite because they're coming in drop pods. So yeah, it's it, it's an interesting tactic. It, it's what's it's something unique to the Marines as well, and it gives you a little bit of a an edge to maybe turn the tide in your favor a few turns in. And if you're if you're sneaky, because we, we we don't when we play we don't tend to. Or do or maybe we do. We do I think we, I've, you've you've used them against me once. It's ingrained into my memory. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> was, it, was it? Did it go well for me? I can't even remember. It did. It, it went pretty well for you because I. It, again, it's it's something I'd taken advantage of this with you once as well. Not to the same effect, but with them, um, I think it was um, Swooping Hawks, or whatever. Is that you know we always read out our lists at the beginning of the game, and you know I think at this point I'd maybe played you four or five times with your Marine list, and we must have upped the points or done something to cause you to change it, and I'd kind of forgotten that you had an entire battle company <laughs> sitting in drop pods, and at this point I was like, I know where everything is in the table, I can focus you know, fire on that and I'll win the game and then suddenly you declare that you're dropping these drop pods in. <laughs> and that's totally my fault for forgetting they existed, but also fantastic and, you know, that's that is a real it's a again, like I say, it's ingrained in my memory. <laughs> um so doing doing that sort of thing, whether it's drop pods or coming in for deep strike with green knights or, or whatever it is, is is a good tactic, you know. Yeah, definitely. I think we sh- I think we should make a rule that we just don't tell each other our armor because we know we know and trust each other well enough. We don't need to go. Oh yeah, yeah. Here's, mm-hmm. Apart from that, apart from the, uh, the time I played you not so long ago, where I accidentally brought an extra thousand points and then didn't realise until I was driving <laughs> home. 
<laughs> and you still beat me, which is the real <laughs> galling thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, so far as the drop points are concerned, that I've done the same thing, but my five thousand point list. So I will mention a lot, but. Yeah, pretty much the same thing. It's, it's, a, it's a big gamble, which is why I've put it. I've left it for the five thousand because I kind of felt mm-hmm. you can get away with it if it doesn't work out too great. Sometimes the other thing I would have said about the, the assault troops um, coming out in advance orders from memory, it doesn't make a lot of difference whether they're advance or uh, tacticals because if you're dropping in somewhere where you hopefully in the thick of enemy forces like your boys or something like that, mm-hmm. then you're going to be close to those enemy units anyway. So you're you're pistols which are 25 range i think that's the only difference yeah i mean they're still, yeah i mean they're still still decent enough yeah for scoring hits yeah so it's, it's pretty much the same as tactical means effectively because okay you can't fire the 50 that's the only difference as far yeah. as i remember yeah i think i think it's just nice it's just nice to have that mix it's nice to have the devastators in there if you can just to have you know a bit of anti-armor if you need it because again this is the thing of, of having the versatility of a battle company it's a you've got a bit of everything in there and the tacticals, and <laughs> but you've got you know you've got, you've got two good units and the tacticals, and you can like I said, you can change the tide of a game, or you can use it when you need it, but you might not necessarily know what you need it for until you need it. So if you were to go assault or devastators, you'd be kind of limiting yourself a little bit, I guess. Mm. But I'm willing to take that gamble in this hypothetical <laughs> list building <laughs> game. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So in this scenario, I'm taking assault. A company also because it's narrative and it you know it looks cool. <laughs> I like assault marines. <laughs> so drop the terminators, took the assault company and drop pods. I've also added another land speeder squadron because land speeders are great. I've also added a predator squadron for the exact same reasons you described. And also I just like predators and I thought I'd mix it up a bit. Not take not take land raiders. Got land raiders already. Take something different. Cool. And then to round out points i'm doing something which i don't normally do and that's taking more special characters so i've taken a medic it's cheap 50 points and i would stick him potentially with my devastator somewhere just to give them a little bit more survivability yeah um i wasn't really thinking about it in the same respect as i guess i guess i just didn't think that it would save them in close combat but i've just read the rules and i can't see anywhere it says that it doesn't but in my head it would be for saving them from getting shot um, so i'd stick them with probably in between a couple of detachment devastator marines to make them a little bit more survivable and maybe deter you from shooting at them <laughs> um, and that's why i'd take the medic and the other unit i take is an inquisitor now 100 points it's effectively a single terminator stand in terms of stats yeah. more or less it's got a he's got a fixed save of four plus he inspires the troops around around them to you know increase their morale i think by by one and it's just a kind of pretty solid unit if you want to go and sit on an objective and, and hold it or, or or do something like that if you're fighting chaos where you're taking morale checks a lot i think he doesn't take morale checks as well um it's just a quite quite a cool unit and i, I painted one up a while ago so i'm having it <laughs> i'm having it in the army for, for 100 points i'm not sure i don't I, I i don't know if i've ever taken them before but just from reading the rules and refreshing myself about it i was like yeah that's that's for 100 points that's a, a good way to spend it i think you don't get much for 100 points I haven't taken one for I I used to take them again. Okay. Um, I haven't done it for a long time. Mm. Partly because I just felt I liked the medic better or the chaplain or, or both for the cost mm-hmm. of the, the Inquisitor. I mean, it gets the four, it fixed 
four plus save from memory as well, which is quite good. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty tough. I mean, it, you know, at the end of the day, it's still just a single stand. It can get shot, you know, and it's not one. It's not one you'd maybe have behind your units like you would have with the chaplain and the medic. So, mm. yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a, again, it's a bit of a gamble. For hundred points, you could take something like four dreadnoughts. Now, dreadnoughts are missing from this all my lists, and it's something I'm kind of resentful for because i love dreadnoughts i love the look of them i love the kind of ed 209 or the robocop 2 mm. kind of styling of them i like i like the idea of them and you know you play games like dawn of war and the pc or whatever and they're 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 kind of again they're another iconic space marine unit but in epic second edition they're just a bit rubbish <laughs> they're yeah. kind of they're just not great and I, I wish they had a higher close assault factor or, or better weapons now i know in, in things like Nepic, epic they do they they split out the different variants of dreadnoughts you can take but even then they're still not great and for 100 points, I would love to take Dreadnoughts, but they would need to be a bit better. I think the Inquisitor maybe just gives you something a wee bit different for that. Now, for the same 100 points, you probably could have taken a Librarian, and that's something, again, I've not done for 20-something years. But I, from memory, they're, you know, they're pretty good. Having a having a Psyker, you've got some different options. I don't think they're as good as like a Warlock for the Eldar with their, their powers or, mm. or that kind of thing, but... Yeah, it's something I'd definitely consider. I'd, I'd say that that Inquisitor card is probably interchangeable for, for me. I would maybe swap it out. If, again, if I was sitting staring at it for too long, I'd probably swap out for the library and, and then swap it back and then <laughs> swap it out again. But in second edition, from memory, librarians are pretty decent. It's something in, in Epic 40k. Um, psychers are kind of used differently. They're, they're used to up the close assault factor, up, up the assault value of a, of a unit rather than doing specific kind of psychic things so i've painted up a few more librarians recently for for using in those games just to give you a wee heads up um, but uh no i'd quite like to see them work because i've never really been able to make them effective but i, I think that was more about my shortcomings by <laughs> and, and, and i can i ended up getting into not a rut i wouldn't call it a rut but certainly there's certain forces i just feel very comfortable with yeah I and i'm I, doing with that it's something, yeah, if we were to go back to, or if we were to get back into playing Epic and Second Edition or Net Epic, whatever, it's something I would definitely try and, I'm going to try and get better at is just mixing it up a little bit and maybe taking stuff that I know in my head probably isn't great, but I've never taken it and want to field it, even if it means just experiencing the pain firsthand, because I think there's a lot of units like that that have just either sat in a shelf for 20 years or probably don't get the, or, or maybe just never learned how to use them properly and they might be great, so. Again, it's something I'm hoping that if there's enough people listening in the comments section, they might enlighten us to the things that we're missing out on with these units. Because especially if it's a game you've been playing for so long, it can be very easy to just dismiss something that was that was rubbish once 20 years ago and then never try again. So, hmm. yeah, I don't know. When they're not more effective against Chaos, and I think that was... Mm -hmm. and I very rarely played, played against Chaos back in the day, so I suspect that's the reason we kind of discounted it when probably should be looking a bit closer at it yeah and also i agree with you about the dreadnoughts i'm the same I had dreadnoughts on the ear and that that's a it was one that i was thinking of mm -hmm. just having in somewhere in the, the list um, yeah just to have but yeah i agree with you i don't think they're that great i would much prefer spending the points towards devastators or the likes mm -hmm. but aye, that's that's my four thousand points and you got much different yeah my four thousand point list is identical to my three thousand and I've done the same trick you did earlier on, adding the Devastator. <laughs> to it. So I'll just yeah. run through it again. Raven Warhounds, Bite Squadron, Land Raider Company, Vindicator Squadron, World One Squadron, Predator Squadron, Space Marine Medic, an Assault Company, a Chaplain, and the Devastators. And again, what we said earlier on, 36 dice, attack dice, 75 range, minus one. It's a brain and it's slight. 
they're great. They're just brilliant. <laughs> Although the one thing I would uh, asterisk it with uh, would be we're again we're used to playing Net Epic, yep. and in second edition days, Devastators were slightly. You know, we basically throw them straight in the buildings and they, they can sit and camp there and plug away throughout the whole game quite happily in first fire. The problem is that in second edition, where so many we- any weapon with a barrage can bring down a build, it was not always a great <laughs> option. And certainly you wouldn't load six stands. We learned that to the expense uh, a few times in the early games of second edition, throwing like an entire squad into the building and then quickly we found they didn't last long and it was pretty devastating, pun intended, devastating. We <laughs> lost a whole squad of them in a single <laughs> in a single building collapse. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they've got those buildings. It's only if you're facing Quake Cannon and like that you need to worry about that stuff and your Marines, so you're going to have the Quake Cannon on your side. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's the reason. But yeah, they're definitely one of my favourites. Yeah, And I do like to... The other, I suppose the other option, and it's a bit more reliable, obviously, is if there's woods that have a kind of are looking out across like an old band. Oh yeah, yeah. That, those can be that's better because it, okay, it's minus one to hit you instead of minus two in the building, but at least you know the building isn't the woods aren't going to collapse upon you. And you're you're totally <laughs> safe. They've got to hit you in that sender. Yeah. So that's my four thousand points. So what about your five thousand? So five thousand. I'm just looking now. I'm looking back at these photos, and it's, it's a slightly different color gradient. So I think this might have been the next day that I made the five thousand point list. I've probably been thinking <laughs> about it a bit too much. So at this point, I've made the realization that the drop pods. I should probably stick a battle company in. So I've found the hundred and fifty points or the hundred points extra. I'd put a battle company in my drop pods and take out the assault company altogether. Okay. Now, just completely for the reasons discussed before, just a little bit more versatile in terms of what targets you're dropping onto and that's all i'll say about that that's you know it's uh yeah a little bit more versatile but maybe a little bit more conservative so i don't know <laughs> other than that i've dropped now i've dropped quite a lot actually playing again the game of uh, spot the difference between the list here i've dropped the vindicators i've dropped the predators and i've dropped the bikes at this stage um so that was to bring in a terminator company and um, so 900 points for terminator company three detachments of Terminators, each with their Land Raiders and an HQ. It's the same as your Deathwing company, effectively. Mm. I think they just get a slight buff to something morale or something. But um, the yeah, Terminators, really deadly units close up. Land Raiders, really deadly units from anywhere. So taking them in, in combination as a company is strong. That's all that needs to be said on that one. I've kept the characters the same, so I've still got an Inquisitor, a Medic, and a Chaplain, and two detachments of Landspeeders. The Scout Company, now, I think at this points value, I would probably not take the Scout Company. If I was, again, spending too much time looking at this, I might not take the Scout Company. I might try and ditch them and ditch the Chaplain and take some Warhounds or something for 500 points. But, you know, keep them in. Let's keep them in for now. It's not They've, they've done hard work so far. Oh, not begrudge them the the chance at the 5,000 point list. And with the leftover 500 points, I've taken a, a Reaver. Now, for reasons discussed earlier, I would probably take the Warhounds in an actual game, but for the purposes of a White Dwarf style photo shoot, I've stuck the Reaver <laughs> in. <laughs> and again, it's the Reaver, as we've talked about in their um, previous Epic um, chats, the, Re- the Reaver was the first Epic thing I saw um, when my brother brought it back. Those All those... 30 some 30 years ago now yeah so it's it's nostalgia demands yeah it's completely ingrained in my psyche so yeah the reaver the reaver stays in and i'm not in terms of weaponry to go with it 
I don't know. So again, I was always very WYSIWYG um, when we played it back in the day. Um, I think it was probably a Turbo Laser Destructor and an Inferno Gun and something else on top. I think we actually just had the Banner Pool on the first Reaver we had. Yeah, mine's us as well. It really annoys me that it's a Banner Pool. I really want Blood Weapon. Exactly, but again, that's that's harking back to Adeptus Titanicus days when you could, you know, had all these different setups with different weapon loadouts and things that were different points values were in whereas as you were saying earlier second edition space when you paid your 500 points you could take three quake cannons on it and why wouldn't you yeah so or three volcano cannons or some combination of that so it's something i didn't really catch on to and i never thought about proxying it at the time but yeah i i tend to take something not dissimilar to the loadout that's actually in the on the on the photo on the card for titan legions it's turbo laser destructor a Gatling Blaster, which is like four dice, minus one, 75 centimeter range. And then some kind of horrible weapon, like a, either a volcano cannon or a warp missile or something that can really put the cat amongst the pigeons mm. and kill a titan, it, something like that. So yeah, again, I'm probably not as um, tactical in my decision making when it comes to weapons. And as you talked about earlier, Net Epic kind of made that a little bit more balanced by giving them assigning them points values based on their effectiveness, um, and that made you think a little more about what you wanted to take on them. But yeah, if you've got if you've got the five hundred points and you're playing second edition, just go for three quick cannons. <laughs> you probably you probably wouldn't regret yeah, it. Yeah, I would I would say maybe have a volcano cannon in it because again the volcano cannon is great for right. as a, a kind of anti titan weapon minus mm-hmm. four, which mm-hmm. is it's going to be hard for any titan to stop that, and it's. I can't remember if it was always the case in second edition. I think it was. Um, you get the plus three to the damage roll as well. So you meant you were going to do something pretty nasty to that enemy titan. So I would always at least have mm-hmm. at least one volcano cannon if you were having a, a reaver. Yeah. Yep. And that's my 5,000 points of Space Marines. Now, again, this is the caveat that I would normally be playing Blood Angels, so I would probably do some fiddling about with the troops, knowing that I've got some horrible death company to to, to manage. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's the only the only caveat with all of this for me. Over to you. Yeah, my 5,000-point army, I've tried to do a few different things with it, partly because it's 5,000 points, and I want to experiment a little bit here. And partly because I wanted to get a couple of Titans and especially that kind of points range. It probably isn't the optimal list that I could possibly pick, but I thought it would be a bit of fun. So as usual, Ravenwing is at the core. I've also got uh, the Assault Company and Drop Pods, pretty much what we were talking about earlier on. The thing that's great about the Assault Company coming in and Drop Pods is that you can really get amongst and really smash up when they're concentrated like that. You can really smash up kind of backline and cause absolute. If you're lucky, that's the problem. It's because sometimes is it three plus? I think for a drop pod to actually open and let them <laughs> let them out. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that because again, this is the first the first time I faced drop pods was against you in that game, and I do remember the the nail biting moment when sometimes they just don't pop open like the the Terry's chocolate orange that they are, <laughs> and it, it's it's. It's a total like you're just watching it, and it takes. I mean, you know, it's 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 cool, but it also takes a long time to work through the process of of dropping them, and you're just sitting there as as the opponent just sitting going, "What the hell is going on here?" Well, another good reason to take drop pods is just to see the look in your opponent's face happens because oh, of course, it really puts fear in them. I mean, even if even if none of them open, it gives them a fright. <laughs> so you've you've got that few moments at least to just. Just to save for the moment. And as you're saying, if you were to drop them, if you were to drop them behind the lines, and say you're facing Imperial Guard, and you've got an entire artillery company, or you know they've got no defence against that, they, they will just get slaughtered. 
and then you're free to roam at the back. That, that kind of thing is worth the points value of free alone. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So that's the thinking with that. It'd be a respawn early throwing the works for you, you know, maybe in turn two or something like that. Once you've kind of, you think you've got your forces set up the way you want them, and suddenly this comes in at the back to cause all manners of mayhem. We've got the Devastator Company again, just to really throw down some heavy firepower at whatever's coming, because I do have that 750 tied up the drop pods. This time I brought the Deathwing Company for much the same reasons as you. I, to be honest, I don't think Deathwing is fantastic. It's a lot of points, 900 points. I didn't take the Land Raider Company this time, and that's part of the reason, because you do get seven Land Raiders in the Deathwing Company, which is good. So you're not losing too many off of it. The, the troops are great for me if they can assault woods, but I find, I find their firepower less impressive. Now, again, I th- I've got a feeling there might be a difference between the Epic and 2nd Edition, because my recollection was in 2nd Edition that Terminators were only 25 centimetres range, now that in the Epic they're 35. Again, could be wrong. But it was always quite tricky, even at the 35 range, to get them into a kind of range um, to actually do some damage to enemy units. So that's a kind of key thing. But, but, and it, the other reason it's slightly problematic is because they're coming in Land Raiders, they're slightly slower than the, the Rhinos that the troops are normally brought in. in. So I have found it kind of tricky to actually get them deployed exactly where I want them and to get them into a place to use their firepower rather than just use them as close assault troops, but they do the job pretty well as close assault troops. And if you put a couple of Terminators on a, an objective and then woods, then everybody's going to struggle against that pretty much. Yeah. Um, the only things that would threaten them really would be the Striking Scorpions and, and uh, Howling Banshees. Again, this was something that was next in Net Epic. It used to be that the Striking Scorpions still rolled 3d6 against them. I can't remember what the save was in second edition. It was maybe 5 plus for the Terminators. Yeah, I think it's uh, 6 fixed. Yeah. So it's six, just 6 fixed now. Mm-hmm. So you know that, basically, you know that if you get hit, you were dead. You know, you're not going to. Most of the time, you're not going to get a six no. save. So, yeah, I'm not a kind of company that normally gravitate towards, but I'm get I've been enjoying them a bit more recently. Uh, I mean, that's a funny one because I I didn't have poor poor little me. I didn't have a Terminator company growing up. I had a single detachment for the longest time, and I, you know I loved them as the iconic Terminators, but I didn't really use them effectively. And it, it wasn't until I started playing you facing off against the Deathwing that I was like, well, these guys are actually pretty impressive. But I think when I have then came to use them myself, I've maybe employed the wrong tactics with them. I think I've maybe tried to kind of alpha strike them, get them up the board really quickly and then deploy them. But then I've maybe left them out in the open or I've left them, at, you know, put them in a building overwatching an open field or something where they just can't, they've not got the range to do anything. And that's totally the wrong way. I think, I think slowly, not more than not slowly, you know, as fast as they can go, getting up the board, but saving them for maybe a turn two or turn three attack is probably the better way to play them because then you're guaranteed to be a lot closer and you can probably use them a bit more effectively. I think that's how I would use them going forward if, if I take them again. Um, because again, I've also felt that anytime I've taken them previously, they've kind of been a bit, not been as effective as I imagined them to be. Hmm. They are pricey as well. Yeah. So, but I did feel because I've taken the Dark Angels because I've got five thousand. When I when it's that kind of size of game, I do feel like yeah, you've got to have the Deathwing there. They've just got to be yep. in that force. But yeah, I agree with you. I think they are quite tricky. Uh, you've got to be careful how you're using them and trying. Yeah, sometimes it's a bit of luck involved as well. Yeah, I think I think from memory, I've had one good game with them, and it was maybe a time when I faced off against your corn, and I somehow managed to get my Terminator company more or less up against squad of corn berserkers or something. They triple triple moved into 
field or whatever and I managed to take them out with them and I thought at that point they've got good value because if they can take on corn berserkers or something with a equally high close assault factor then you know if, if it's even Stevens with them then they're pretty decent well you must have been a bit lucky as well though because the corn berserkers they're going to get 3d6 plus six so you would get a 2d6 against yeah them, so. yeah you maybe were a bit lucky as well. <laughs> I'm not trying to. I'm not no, trying no, to say your strategy was poor. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think it was just overwhelming. I think I think I had doubled up more or less on on most of them. Ah, right, okay. like that. So it was it was partly it was also partly me taking advantage of your bad eyesight because I think from memory you kind of went, oh, I didn't realise they were Terminators or something, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you had the blood the blood rage was already building up inside you and you couldn't see the couldn't see the the wood for the trees or, or something along those lines, but. Yeah, I'll bring the glasses the next time. Ah, I don't. Sorry, it's fine. But um, yeah, I think I think that's the only time I've I've used them to to get their their value back, really. Yeah. So apart from that, I've taken I've got a medic again. I haven't taken a chat one this time, and I've taken flyers for the first time last year. Flyers that I, I think I probably should mention a bit about flyers that I never. There was very few forces when I was playing it originally that had flyers. There was the what they used to call the thunder break, the, the thunder gunship and I never really I didn't buy into the fact was it five stands that I can carry or something like that and it was just too small it didn't make sense to me that and I never bought it because of it hmm. um no, I can carry six I can take a detachment it's a six I yeah. six stand mm-hmm. more sense so yeah it didn't really make sense to me so I never had the, the, the Thunderhawk gunship back in the day I think the elder flyers were something came very late on it all came yeah the flyers so a little bit of epic history uh the flyers all were released or the, the flyers for most factions are released post titan legion so 1995 which is as we know towards the end of the epic second edition lifespan as it was so up until that point you had marine thunderhawks you had squat overlords Flyers. Armored airships were, were wee, yeah, their floaters are a wee bit different. And then midway through the lifespan, maybe '93, I think it was, they released the Zinch flyers, the Fire Lords, and the Fire Lords and Firestorm. Oh, I know. I've forgotten what they're called. Everybody knows what you're talking about. Anyway, the, the, the small Doom one, Doom Wings or whatever they are. Yeah. Doom Wings. Yeah. So they released those and the Silver Towers as well, which kind of floated. And they were the flyers for that period. And then towards the end, they started releasing things. So they released the Imperial flyers. Imperial Navy flyers, so it's Thunderbolts, which were the kind of fighters, and the Marauder bombers, which were the bombers. They also released the Elder Nightwings, which were the kind of interceptors for the Eldar. At this point in the canon, orcs didn't fly. It was they were too scared of flying, or they didn't trust it, or whatever. It was a whole Andy Chambers um, section about how orcs don't fly, uh, which was then obviously retconned for balance <laughs> reasons. And orcs now definitely do fly. Um, but yeah, so the, there was that, and then there was also Tyranids had the. Haridin or Hariadin or whatever it's called. Um, i trying to think, was there anything else? I think that was it. Maybe forgetting something. Chaos didn't have anything other than that. Yeah, I think it was just the, the, those two flyers was my, my recollection of it. Yeah, but, they, but also to counter that, they also released so they had the Hydra anti-aircraft cannons for the... The Firestorm was out. For the Eldar. Firestorm, yep, for the Eldar. Um, and I think basically everything had an anti-aircraft unit, although oddly the Marines didn't. They didn't get the... Because at this point they didn't have them in the 40 kilo or either. They didn't have like the Hunter anti-aircraft, which is another kind of Rhino variant. They didn't have any dedicated anti-aircraft at all for the Marines, really. So that was an interesting omission, I guess. But I seem to recall you could you could pretty much shoot everything with with any unit. Yeah, yeah, you could do first. You had you had fire and first fire, I think. 
um, and you got a minus one unless you had A or AAA as your in your special rules, and you didn't get the minus one. I think I might be mixed now, but yeah, there was certainly it's one of these ones. It's it's kind of been maybe I think people who'd been playing the game for a long time at that point maybe thought that they were slightly unbalanced bringing the flyers in, and there was the rules maybe weren't as suited. The the, the the epic rules, the second edition epic rules, maybe weren't as suited for having flyers in the game to such an extent. I think they could they could handle the odd Thunderhawk previously, but to have now you had the potential of fielding two or three detachments of flyers in a game, and it might have upset the way the game was played. And I've obviously sort of fixed that in later editions by making the flyers more of an asset rather than a unit on the board. They they just come on, they do their thing, and then they leave, which is more you know realistic to quote quote-unquote realistic but it's more representative of how flyers are used in the real world and stuff so there's that whole thing but we can talk about that another day <laughs> yeah it was always a bit of a problem for me because i was again i think i suppose it's what i was talking about earlier on when you got into a set kind of groove of these are the units i use so it's still even to this day i think it's a bit kind of alien to me to yeah you certainly didn't didn't bring them first few games so we played I mean, it's something. So I got into. I didn't get into net. I didn't get into epic at that point. I was. I was into epic. Start of second edition. But like I say, I was following the real schedule of stuff at that kind of Titan Regions era. So I was buying flyers at the time. I, did, I had Thunderhawks and Marauders as soon as they came out um, at, at the time, um, and I loved them just because the models are really iconic. Again, it's they're kind of like you know they're World War Two planes effectively with big last cannons on them. So I was straight onto them you know on day on day one when they came out so they have always been something that i've had in my head but something again they're quite expensive in the game and the anti-aircraft stuff's quite expensive as well for some of the you know i think it's the hydras especially are really expensive firestorms are, are not too bad but i think if you if you take them and you know your opponents or you know your opponent's going to take them and you take anti-aircraft against them you're kind of cancelling each other out and you're spending a lot of your points on on doing that job so yeah, I don't know. It's a funny one. But since so I don't have any anti-aircraft, then if you're taking them against me, if this was if our lists were going head to head right now, um, yeah, you'd, you'd be doing well, I think. So yeah, I did. I took the Marauder Bomber Squadron. I do think they've got a lot of firepower in them and keep them flying high. So you had that 25 range to enemy units trying to fire at you. There's a lot of points, but if you can use them correctly and get them into the right positions, then they can be pretty powerful. But I did think it was important to try and bring a flyer at some point, seeing as I hadn't done anything. <laughs> up until now. Yeah. And really the last two things I've got in my, my 5,000 point list are a Reaver Titan and a Warlord Titan. Both of these, particularly the Warlord Titan, I just don't think I would do it. But I feel like for a, for the sake of our list, we've got to have a Warlord in there somewhere. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with you about what you were saying about the loadouts. I would always, pretty much every game, I would always put a combination of Quake Cannon and Volcano Cannon. Create cannon to bring down the buildings, as we talked about, it's particularly ones where there's infantry like Devastators or Dark Reapers or something like that. It's got a bit of heavy firepower. And it's always a good way, actually, even if it was Guardians or, or Boys. In actual fact, if you're taking down quite a few infantry units, it's kind of worth it because you can mount up the points for breaking enemy companies just, just by doing that, by taking out three with three or four stands with one, with one shot, depending on how loaded the building is that your opponents put them in. So I do like them for that. Occasionally, I would bring Vortex Missile. I think it would be more minded to do it against Eldar because it ignores their, their hollow fields, and the hollow fields can be really tricky. Mm -hmm. So, I think I would use possibly use a Vortex Missile if I knew I was going to be playing against Eldar. 
I'm not that keen in it overall because even though it's really powerful and it auto kill anything except a Titan, and even Titans, it gets rid of all their void shields and it, I can't remember if it's two hits or one hit, and it's got no save against it and you just roll the damage. Even though it's that powerful, the fact that you've got an automatic deviation means that you know, you're probably a reasonable amount of time it's going to scatter and I think it needs... It's your old 2D6, so if it's 7 centimeters or, or more, it scatters, then it's not going to hit the time that you've targeted, which is the reason I'm not that fond. It's great when it comes off. It's, it's brilliant when it comes off, but I think I prefer the reliability just to know that I've got those those weapons every time. Yeah, so it's a wee bit, it's a wee bit orky almost in that regard. The yeah. Kind of a bit of a gamble weapon, whereas the Marines are fairly dependable. Everything else just kind of works the way it works, but with that, you're kind of like... <laughs> Occasionally I'll use that Gatling cannon that you were talking about earlier on, 4 dice 75 range. Um, that's quite handy as a bit of a anti-tank weapon or, you know, certainly for clearing out. Yeah, stripping shields as well. If, there's, if you're playing against the orcs, thinning the ranks of boys is quite a handy weapon to have. But then the Quake Cannon actually are quite handy that way because, again, not sure about Net Epic to second edition, but it's certainly in Net Epic it has a, you can fire it as a burst radius. Yeah, that's right. So it can, you can really thin down the, the Orc boys with, with the Quake Cannon as well. So, But yeah, again, I think that the problem I've got with the Warlord Titan in general terms is that reactor on the front, which just... <laughs> it just, no. <laughs> it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be there, which is why we've been house rolling and not seen any meltdowns at all for a while. Yeah. It was always a kind of fun thing to happen during the game, but when you've got 900 points tied up with it and the opponent just hammers it with everything they've got because they know, well, that's nine nine victory points in the bag straight off if I can bring the Warlord down, which you can do if you get some reasonable firepower. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things about including it in the starter box is that everyone knows about it and everyone's either fielded it or fought against it at some point if you've played Epic during that time period. So, yeah, it's it's a fairly known factor, Yeah, the reactor and the explosive nature of it. Certainly having a Reaver and a Warlord with... You know, seven of those mix of Quake Cannon, Volcano Cannon. I always found when I was playing against Eldar, quite often the Eldar player would bring two Titans to the battle. So you always found that you could never have enough Volcano Cannon. They're still subject to the, the Holofield save if you're firing them at Eldar Titans. But as I said before, it's really hard. If it does actually land a hit, it's really hard for the Eldar player to make the save. And usually it's going to hit somewhere and you get, because of that, plus three to the damage roll, you're, you're going to do something probably that, you know, even if you hit a wing, it's going to destroy the wing, possibly cause a flashback. So, yeah, for me, the Volcano Cannon shouldn't be underestimated as well. Certainly as a Titan killer, I think it's, and it's good against Super Heavies as well, because for the same reasons that the uh, Super Heavy armor is uh, one plus, so it's, those are quite often tricky units to get rid of. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even land raiders and stuff like that can quite easily vaporize them, which is good. Yeah, and so that concludes my five thousand point list. Cool. So the lot to just to kind of finish up. I was thinking maybe just talk about general t- tactics that you have. Yeah. Well, another thing I was thinking as well we could potentially do is um, discuss omissions because I mean it's probably quite quick with the with the Marines. Um, and we've already touched on it a little bit about dreadnoughts and, and um, certain other units we wouldn't take. But there's there's a few of those. I'm just looking through the just because I've been looking through the lists as we've been, we've been talking and having a wee look at the stats and some of them. And there's some stuff that I've not taken for good reason. There's other ones I've not taken because either I don't have the models or I've just never thought about it. But I just wonder if it's maybe worth having a quick chat about that. Yeah, go for that. Yeah, it mostly it's to do with like light artillery and um, things like more mortar stud guns. 
generally kind of just unimpressive artillery pieces, but they're cheap. So if you have the points, maybe chuck them in. And I think they probably have their they probably have their uses, but again, there's there's better things to take. Rapier laser destroyers, on the other hand, are pretty impressive or pretty pretty effective, but can't really move them very far. If they get engaged in close combat, they're just dead more or less. Yeah, it's a fifty range as well with them. Or fifty not... range, yeah. So they're they're meant to be like a support unit, I guess, for supporting infantry advances advances. But that's not something you generally do as a like a foot slog from the back of the table with infantry. So I don't see again. I think I think they're fifty points. So you could you could throw them in to fill up the points. Or maybe have them sitting at a back line to defend artillery pieces, mm-hmm. as I think maybe what they're what they're mostly used for. I quite like them in attack defence scenarios. Yes, yes. So I think I'm sure I have came came across them with you fielding before and thought they were pretty effective. So I have have went out and sort, sourced some now and painted them up. So I'm going to keep them on hand just in case. <laughs> yeah, I think they're a good unit to have to fill up the points. Basically, that's I I don't go out my way to pick them but if i've got 50 points left at the sides yeah they'll quite often i'll use them definitely i think um the other one's tarantulas now i've not used tarantulas before but they sort of fulfill that same role of effectively being static defenses so they've got a similar to a devastator they've got one dice but they fire twice it's a five to hit minus two target save modifier so pretty effective long range unit that can just they have to be on charge to move they're, they're effectively static so pretty pretty interesting but again not one i'd always take and then i think the last one we've maybe not discussed is the robot which is a, a pretty quick a pretty quick no for me um <laughs> I, I love i love the idea of them and I, I would love to do especially if we ever do anything kind of narrative or if it, i've had an idea for like an ad force or tech guard forces they're called in second edition where there's lots of robots and you field lots of robots and you know they've got them all advancing but they're rubbish because it's the exact same stat line as a dreadnought, but you don't have control over them. Yeah. So yeah. we've already discounted the dreadnought as being something we wouldn't take because it's just not very good. So why then would you take something that's objectively worse? <laughs> exactly. And I know, I know, I know people that do play and you know house rule it that you can just control them because it makes it a lot less hassle. But then you've still just got a dreadnought. So I mean, there is scenarios that people would argue that potentially because they're inorganic they don't suffer the psychic or the morale test so you could effectively you know have them marching against a whole horde of chaos or something but they would just get killed so yeah. uh, there's a place for them but it's not on our tables <laughs> no exactly there's a place for them nicely painted in the box <laughs> which is which is fine and again it's a shame because a lot of their especially the first edition robot model is really cool and again quite iconic the only other thing that's on there's not on these lists with the things that came afterwards we've already talked about flyers marines were a bit left out of the party they got a lot of resculpts in titan legions and later editions so the thunderhawk mark ii thunderhawk was released in 95 i think 94 95 and it's the one i have in my blood angel army now and you'll see them in the photos that's my favorite because it's the iconic iconic to me thunderhawk of the of the era that that shape but it's also not massive so the third edition one that came out in 97 is a huge model with lots of fragile pit bits on it whereas the second edition one's a single unicast thing and it's just perfect for me yeah i've got a large one yeah the large one i've got a couple of those as well but I, again i've only got i've only got a couple so i can't field them in the way that i like to field them which is twos or threes um if they're looking weird if that if I was, especially if i was to mix them in with the thunder bricks or whatever it just look ridiculous <laughs> um, it's the same thing but you know one's three times the size and then you've got the forge world one which is even bigger still um but yeah so they, they got a lot of resculpts like most of the tanks got resculpted between 
first second and then later on into second because there was that whole period where there was the weird sculpts of like the vindicators which is boxes the ones i've got yeah no no i mean i've got, I've got them too um but weirdly the first edition stuff was actually more detailed the adeptus titanicus codex titanicus stuff was more detailed but anyway that's another that's another topic the only unit that came out of any kind of value to me for the marines in that late period of second edition was the Razorback and I do have them I, 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 and I really like them and I would have included them in this army but they're weirdly enough they're a special card a bit like the drop pods you give up effectively you give up your rhinos and you get Razorbacks which have got a oh, what is it 50 centimeter range four plus minus two kind of like a battle cannon two shots I think but they have to be you can't split fire between them if I remember right I need to dig out the to get the rules for them but anyway they're really they're in my mind they're they're quite cool. I like the idea of them as well as that kind of fire support unit. So you have a detachment of um, assault marines with them. You charge them up, then the assault marines jump out and they kind of hold behind them and, and take out any armor targets or, or effectively just give them fire support. So I think narratively and thematically and everything, they, they really work. But there's probably better options out there. You better probably sticking them in land raiders or something. And you don't have that whole faff of messing with breakpoint values or taking them as a special card. But anyway, th- that's the only other you know, I can think of that came out for the Marines. I've never I actually had uh, owned them, but I did. I have played against them years ago, and I I must admit I did think they were quite quite good as well. Yeah, no, I really like them. I really like. Them. I, I, I love the models as well. They're kind of that proper kind of APC type type thing. They're like you know what a Rhino should be effectively, with giving it a bit of fire support. So yeah, I would I would I would normally take those as I say. I'd stick a detachment of assault Marines in them and kind of speed them up the board and have them there to to lend support but it's a slight omission from my list here just trying to be a bit different this time yeah what about you anything i don't think we've missed anything or any contradictions or comments on any of those not really i think we can agree a lot of how we would use these things i mean to be honest the marines mentioned at the start were fairly straightforward and you know i think they're a good beginner force oh absolutely maybe before that's that's where i would start because it's they don't have too big a list because Obviously, things like the the orcs in particular. Yeah, I was about to say we'll, we'll not do an emissions list. We'll not do an emissions list for the orcs because we'd be here for about a week. Same with Imperial Guard. Yeah, exactly. yeah, so many. Just looking at the stuff there, I think that the only other thing is um, veterans, veteran units, tacticals with slightly better close assault factor. Again, yeah, plus four is it? Plus four, yeah. So they're totally. Again, this is something I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't field them because they're effectively the same as the Death Company close assault factor. Uh, that you get with the Blood Angels, a little bit more expensive. Yeah, I mean, I think I would take them. I'd take them over Tacticals for sure. I never have, though. From memory, they're a thousand as well. They're expensive, yeah. I think it's a thousand for a company. They are kind of equivalent to Terminators in some ways because, okay, their calf is slightly lower, but you get six stands of them. Yep. The four, so it's swings and roundabouts and that, that side of things. Obviously, they, their weapons aren't as powerful, but they have slightly better range. Or yeah, no, I, th- I think they're, they're they're worth thinking about for sure. Yeah, they're a good alternative to the assault company. That, that's effectively how we would use them as an assault. And again, if you get a chaplain with them, that's plus five, which means you're suddenly able to compete with elder uh, aspect warriors. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, absolutely. So I was going to say about general tactics mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think MD that's played Epic probably knows this, but effectively what I would do is Titans and Land Raiders, get them into an open position and then plank them in first fire pretty much for the rest of the game if you can, if you've got things to shoot at. At least your Land Raiders, and, well, Titans as well. Depends what kind of ones you've got. 
they are able to redeploy if you need them elsewhere in the battle. Now, if things start to open up, you've cleared out one section and got to move on. You can do that. Devastators is exactly the same. Get them into buildings as fast as possible, and then sit in first fire for the rest of the game and hope to kill anything that's going to come near mm-hmm. you. Cavalry and assault infantry is all about getting in amongst. They're the ones the units I would always use to capture and objectives, unless there were ones in buildings which the devastators can camp on. Basically, mm-hmm. that's what I would do with them. We've talked about the land speeders in particular. They do have a bit more versatility where you can do, they've got a variety of different things that they can do, and they're pretty frustrating for an opponent to face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, particularly when, when you, if you're, it's getting towards the end of the game and it's all about who's got which objectives. And then lastly, the flyers, which effectively they should just pound the enemy units, take a bit of care about staying out of the arc and or the range of the enemy as weapons by using the, the high flying. I think that's. Yeah, I think you'd probably use them to really target high value targets. So, you know, getting behind a Titan or something with them is, is pretty much game over for that Titan, especially things like the Marauders with the, all the weapons they've got. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's good. Yeah, that's why I took the Marauders because they've got a bit decent firepower behind them. The Thunderbolts aren't particularly, that's much more. I would only use them if you thought you were going to be up against flyers. Exactly, yeah. It's something, the Thunderbolts are something I jumped on when they first came out, as I said earlier, but they're not as effective unless you are having a big game with lots of flyers kind of that interceptor idea yeah no i think i'm in total agreement with you and i, I bow to your tactical um prowess with the with the marines i think you've you've definitely got a good uh, win to loss ratio with them in, in my head at least I, I mean i think as you as you said earlier they are a good starter force because they've obviously got a versatile range of units that you kind of you look at them and you know what they do there's nothing too weird about them they generally do what they see on the tin but more so the kind of maneuverability they've got the ability to put things in drop pods and thunderhawks and you know land speeders and rhinos even the humble rhino still on charge you know can get you a good way up the board it means not everything's lost in the deployment which i think can be a failing of some other armies or maybe the way i've played some other armies slower things like lots of foot slogging chaos or, or maybe squats or whatever you can get into that scenario where you've just put your troops out badly and then you're stuck with them whereas marines and eldar especially have got that maneuverability where you can turn the game around and not all be lost in the first turn and there's probably i don't think i've ever done it but i'm sure there's no shame in re-embarking into your rhinos and moving positions if you have to yeah it's, it just gives you that option that you're not totally to use a scottish term scunnered <laughs> at the very start of the game which is invaluable especially if you're just starting out <laughs> you don't want to be in that position yeah so yeah i hope everybody enjoyed <laughs> listening to our, uh, our, our uh, choices for the space Marine armies quite like to hear from yourselves if it, if you have if you disagree with us in particular and think there's something yeah. we're missing and want to sell it to us. There's any ro- robot evangelists out there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. More than welcome to more than welcome to hear your thoughts. <laughs> so yeah, the next one I think we're planning is Eldar, is that right? Yep, yep. I've done done my Eldar lists off the press. Um, I better go on so... then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I think that'll be more interesting. I think I think from now on the armies will probably deviate a fair bit. In their thoughts on them, yeah. potentially. I mean, I think I think Eldar were both big, were both big space elf fans in terms of tactics, and and, and it's probably I think it's fair to say it's our favorite armies. Yeah, maybe I think so. Maybe, I think... yeah. We'll talk about it next big time. I'll, I'll tell yeah, of course, of course. But yeah, I think we've got got a lot to say on that. <laughs> got a lot to say on that one. <laughs> Excellent. So thanks for joining me again, Craig. And no worries. Sharing our 
our forces and uh, your forces with us. And yeah, we'll be back again soon. So until then, keep on living the life of die.